1: You smash, you smash, you smash, ma sheik you ma sheik smash, you smash, you smash, you smash, you smash, you smash,
2: Shalom. Good evening, friends. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Really, warms our hearts to see so many beautiful faces, new and old. So let's have a lot of real holy fun tonight. Can't think think of a better term for that. At least that's, that's what we're having up here. So we need your help for this one.
0: AM in the AM, good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Here we are in Jersey City, New Jersey, broadcasting live and we're just days away from our Jewish Unity Initiative, which will bring us to Paris, France during Hanukkah 5776. Friday morning on this December the 4th, day 22 in the month, is that right, is it 22? Uh Monday would be 25, right? So, yeah, I guess we're at 22 in the month of Kislev, the year 5776. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayeshev, with candle lighting time at 4.09 on this Erev Shabbos. We'll start saying the same Talomatar tomorrow night. Keep that in mind. Uh You heard uh, Levi Atam with Dror Yikra, Yismichu, done by Shlomo Katz, Yismach Moshe was Chazen Yanki Lemmer, Baruch Levine and Umi Shefa from the brand new Bunim Atem CD. Alanisim, brand new from Shalshalis uh, Jr. So we get ready for Chanukah 5776. And Regesh and Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's a Friday with 43 degrees, 70% humidity, wind southwest at 2 miles per hour, partly cloudy, a high 52, then tonight, clear skies, a low of 37. Tomorrow, sunshine, high is 54 degrees. Ruchel is at 55, we're at 43 here in Jersey City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, Monday and Tuesday of next week, it'll be our um, Hanukkah special, something that Matas, I'm sure, is going to kick off on Sunday with plenty of Hanukkah music on Erev Hanukkah. JM Sunday starts at 7. JM and the AM on Monday and Tuesday will start at 6. And uh, we encourage you to listen to it from around the world on the NSN app. Chanukah is an amazing time. Nobody does it better than we do and the Hanukkah musical selections on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and of course all through the holiday, I'm sure will inspire many and really help make your Hanukkah. Wednesday and Thursday are broadcasts from Paris, the Jewish Unity Initiative. We declare that when Jewish communities are in challenging situations, there are Jews in other parts of the world who care, who are concerned, who want to take a part in lifting them up. Uh, that's all going to be happening Wednesday and Thursday, and the centerpiece of course of our of our visit is the uh, incredible gathering at the great synagogue of Paris, La Victoire um, with people like Yoram Goon and Ohad and so many others who are, as far as we know now, going to be playing to an absolutely packed great synagogue of Paris. Nary a seat remains from what we are told. And if we feared and wondered whether the Jewish community would come out and celebrate Hanukkah together and have this experience with people from the United States and Israel and, of course, France, all in one incredible place, it looks like, in fact, it will happen. People will come out, celebrate in Bezrat Hashem, in the uh, spirit of Hanukkah, come together and light up the light and the night and participate in a concert of Jewish unity like no other. That is our intention, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you and wishing you a happy Hanukkah from Paris, France. I do want to remind everybody you'll be able to actually watch all the proceedings, um, especially the concert live as it takes place, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time here on Wednesday, and we'll give out details as we get closer and closer partly cloudy high 52 we're at 43 degrees good morning it's friday candle lighting 409 we're less than actually a little bit more than an hour away from the weekly update malcolm Homeline's is going to be joining us weekly update coming up here at the uh, jam in the am and um we'll talk about the events of the week and go through the news there is a lot of news that's for sure and, um, Rabbi Yudin, of course, Torah portion of the week. That'll be about 8.15. Table for two with Naomi Nachman at nine o'clock. Great Kedda music mix for an hour of Shabbos coming up at 10 all the way into whole candle lighting time. There is no reason to move from your computer or from your app at org, And of course on the NSN app as we get closer and closer to the Shabbos before Hanukkah. More coming up. Keep it here at JM and the AM. <laughs> night. in the a.m. Yes, Michoudan by Bari Yeshiva, boys. Before that, the Waterbury Yeshiva. Drury is was Leviathan, 644 in the morning, 16 minutes before 7 o'clock Friday at J.M. in the a.m. You know, Robert Ben-Rimon, our um, chairman of the American delegation heading to the Jewish Unity Initiative in Paris, he said to me yesterday, you know, it would be a great idea, and boy is he right, to uh, put a little bit of Enrico Macias on the air, somebody who is uh, so well known in France and has had such a connection to the Jewish people musically for so long. And I found this little piece of Ose Shalom done by Enrico Macias years ago during a Yom Atz-Mut celebration where he actually was uh, live via video with the President and Prime Minister of Israel. Here it is at JM in the AM.
3: O shalom Ve al shalom Israel, we move, we move, be alcohol Israel, y'all say shalom, yes shalom, shalom malinu, be alcohol Israel, y'all sealam, y'all se shalom, shalom maninu, be alcohol israel, y'all session, y'all session. Shalom, ya te shalom, shalom malenu de alto de Israel. Ya shalom, ya shalom. Shalom malenu de alto de Israel. Ya te shalom, ya shalom. Shalom malenu de al
4: I
0: Katz and Brother Shlomo are coming to New York. They're doing the West Side Institutional Synagogue Thursday night Hanukkah. Before that, Avi Miller, he'll be there in Paris as part of the Jewish Unity Initiative. Avi Miller out of Israel with Curry Bone. You heard Ohad, you know he'll be there with Kolat And We did the Enrico Macias piece that we dedicated to Robert ben Ramon and our American delegation that's heading to France for the Jewish Unity Initiative, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayeshev, candlelighting lighting at 4.09. Guess what starts on Sunday night? The great holiday of Hanukkah. Oh, yes. Looking forward to it. Monday and Tuesday, our incredible uh, Hanukkah music specials here at JMNAM. Then, of course, Wednesday, Thursday from Paris with the Jewish Unity Initiative. Candlelighting 4.09 on this Erev Shabbos, 4.09. Very early, so be careful, 4.09. Is your candle lighting time. Partly cloudy with a high temperature of 52. We're at 43 degrees outside right now on a Friday. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Our listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmdm.org. Will... To our news from Israel, Galitzal coming up next. Malcolm Homeline, weekly updated about 7.40. Rabbi Pearl is supposed to check in about the Chabad Telethon, which is coming up the last day of Chanukah. We'll talk about that. 8.15 for Rabbi Yudin, our Torah portion of the week. I'm sure he'll, uh, toss in some comments about Chanukah as well. We'll wrap things up at 9 o'clock. And then Naomi Nachman with a brand-new edition of Table for Two. Wanna thank everybody at the Kitchen Click in Brooklyn. We had a blast there yesterday during the live lunch and a special edition for Table for Two. Thank you Kitchen Click, 3009 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. Everybody head on over there and enjoy your pre-Hanukkah shopping there. We had a great, great time there. And thank you to Garden of Eden, Chaim Kirshner and Company for a delicious lunch brought over to, uh, to do, um, brought over to, Kitchen click yesterday. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next agenda. Galitzal Hashash Ta'im
5: Kanehud Graf in Ma'asekora Yachshav
0: <laughs> Pigua Dekira B'Vinyamin.
5: Czair Israeli Nidkar veNiftza BeOrach Benoni Adkaseh. A Mechabel Chusal. Katavenu In Baltamir.
6: Palestinian Dakar Czair Israeli Keren Srim BeKfar Abud Sfonit Maravit Leramala Ufiftza Oto Benoni Adkaseh. Chayal Tsal Yara BeDuker veAraguto Kachef Boat Zvayi BeMakom Tipl BePatzua UFinaut Oto. לבית החולים תלה שומר כשהוא סובל מפץ הדקירה בפלג גופו העליון
5: כתבתנו יערה שפירה על מצב הפצוע
7: הפצוע הוא צעיר כבין 20 ממצב בינוני עד קשה שנתקר בצוורו הוא בהכרה הוא מפונה לבית החולים שיבה על ידי כוח רפואה של צהל
5: אוד בחדשות of בנות party of the party of the party of the
8: party of the 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 party of a party of the party of the the the
5: ה parliament בברלין היצביה بعد היצטרفות גרמניה למאבק בירגון דاعיש כתבהד חודשות אחד נוגם דהן אנחנו
4: רוכחים בבית התחתון של בית הניצחונים בגרמניה ישו ליצטרף למאבק בירגון הקיצוני וחברי ברלין צויאו לשלושה נוסטלנטוסים ואלף ומאותים חיילים נזור למרות הבקשות האGermanים לא ישתתפו באופנה ה'היל' בלחימה בתוקף נסית צה"ל הולנד יבקיר בנוסטלנטוסים ה'צה"ל' שהגנתו בימים ה'חון' כחלק מהמאבק נגד דاعיש ה'ביורדות' מיסרדו ו'י'פגיש' ימנציה
5: ראש ממשלט טורקיה אומר כי אנקרה לא תתנצל על ירות המטוס הרוסי בחודש העבר. בנאום באזרביג'אן אמר אחמד דבוטולו, טורקיה לא תושפל, איש לא יכול להאשים את טורקיה ואיש לא יכול לצפות להתנצלות ממנה. דבוטולו הוסיף כי ארצו לא יכלה לאפשר למטוס להטיל פצצות על חפים מפשע תוך הפרת ריבונותה. התחזית מחר יעשה קר מהרגיל, בלילה שבין שבת לראשון תורגש התקררות משמעותית. אלה החדשות שאורך עומרי רחמימוב. בצוות הודיה קוסלובסקי וליאד גרושקה.
9: Dois, essa
0: It's Chaz Natanel Natan hershtick Before that, Menachem Levy, you heard Charles Jr. in there. Yali Greenfeld with the brand new Ze title track. Malcolm Holmline and the weekly update coming up in a few minutes here at JMN. Plus, of course, Rabbi Yudin will join us. Uh, well, Rabbi Anshul Pearl is getting ready for Natan El-Hershtick's uh, big performance. Rabbi Pearl, of course, from Chabad of Mineola puts together the Hanukkah telethon each year. Uh, looking forward to it, very much looking forward to it, as do so many people. It's going to be on the final day of Chanukah, the final night of Hanukkah this time around. Uh, those of you out there who are big Hanukkah telethon people, and I know we have a lot in our audience, get ready for the 13th of December, the 13th of December, starting at 7 p.m. when the Frisch School Jazz Band, Canton Natanel el Paul Shapiro, the Neshama Orchestra with Steve Bill, Jewish schlock legend Lenny Solomon, the Pella singers, the dancing rabbis, and so many stars, so many celebrities, and so many segment hosts all gathered together to help save lives, promote Jewish education, and to uh, do whatever possible to keep Chabad going at uh, out there on Long Island. December 13th, 7 p.m. for the Hanukkah Telethon. Rabbi Anshul Pearl, welcome back to JM in the A.M.
10: Good morning, good morning to you, Nachum, and to all your listeners. Uh, we look forward to having everyone watch and tune in. Of course, we're very excited that you are going to be our MC, and we're show. very honored about about that. And we look forward to really once again come to the community and uh, earning their support on an ongoing basis because the work that we're doing here on Long Island is, is just growing. And the, the situations, the the uh, jail visitation, the taste of Shabbos for those people who are locked in, the Hebrew schools for the unaffiliated. And hospital visitations, many of these projects people don't know about and that's what we're coming to the community for and we look forward to everyone participating and watching for the great program, great entertainment, great celebrities. And great and, success. Uh, and
0: great success you're looking uh, forward uh, with
10: to. But I shame himself we, each year, we come up with a different ideas. One year, I was doing on the Harley-Davidson, right. uh, and a, hel- a helicopter. This year, uh, Steve Bilder taught me how to fly his plane.
0: You're not serious.
10: I, I, I went up. Uh, we, we tried to uh, get the po- police to allow us to drop leaflets down. But they said the only thing we can drop on Long Island is uh, either latkes or, uh, you know, Omana from Heaven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, actually, latkes dropping from above. Uh, <laughs> but you're not going to do that, I assume.
10: <laughs> well, no. the police said that we have better ideas. We thought... It went much easier. Stay home. Make yourself a cup of uh, tea and just watch the Hanukkah Telethon. Enjoy. Be part of it. Uh, dance with us. Cry with us, but just really the most importantly is Hanukkah is a time of giving and certainly the end of the year people are considering where to give their, you know, end of year donations. We, we uh, respectfully ask to, to share some of that with us during the Hanukkah telethon.
0: How do you, uh, how do you do all this? I don't know how one man can accomplish all these different programs and goals and initiatives that you have out there and all the different people that you're trying to take care of and obviously the number continues to grow and grow. You must have an amazing staff out there that helps you out.
10: We baruch Hashem. We do have wonderful friends and supporters, and lots of volunteers, and lots of people who really care. Really, we have so many partners in this work. Not only major sponsors and uh, help people help us financially, but actually do do the actual work to deliver every every Friday, every single uh, person in the uh, NASA County Jail, you know, of the Jewish faith, they receive challahs and grape juice. Mm. Those who are in group homes where people don't even know they're Jewish people, they are visited by us and by our volunteers as an example. But it's really a group effort, not only the production and all the people who come are part of it. Really, it's, it's a group effort, and we appreciate that.
0: You've met a lot of interesting celebrities and stars over the years, and you again have a great list of people who are going to be participating in the telethon this year. Do you ever wonder why all this touches their hearts and why they reach out after they hear about what you do?
10: The, the, the celebrities are interesting. Charles, Charles Grodin, for example, yeah. uh, when he uh, prepared himself for this telethon, he started to speak about his Yiddishkeit. Uh, hey. Many of the celebrities I've met, certainly of the, of the Jewish uh, faith, they, 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 they are touched by the, the work of Chabad, and it reminds them of the bar mitzvah dates, uh, how they prepare the Haftarah, and many other ideas. And so there's, there's this wonderful feeling um, amongst these celebrities who are coming on, who have prepared... Videos in advance for this, it, it's really touched them in, in a Yiddish guy way. And
0: it is amazing. I'll tell you, it's amazing how all your work does touch so many people of all different faiths and across the board and obviously every type of religious background. How many years are I, Pearl, you're out there in Chabad of Mineola?
10: <laughs> we started out, uh, my wife and myself, were amongst the earliest Shaluchim in, in Nassau County. So go back to the. Uh, Seventy-six, seventy-seven.
0: Unbelievable. And why did you go to telethon route? Why well, you know, there are only a couple of uh, telethons that make an impact on the Jewish world. Why did you go this route, and why do you think it's been so successful?
10: Well, Baruch Hashem, I must say that uh, our colleagues in, in, the, uh, in the West Coast, Rabbi Kunin, has a, 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 a telethon uh, during the uh, Rosh Hashanah time of the year. And many, many years ago, there was an individual approach us and said, you know, perhaps you can do one. Uh, on on the uh, on the east coast and we of course we turned to the rebbe to the Bavitcher rebbe and uh, we got his bracha and uh, hashem it's it's, a, it's not easy to make a telethon it's uh, there's lots of competition out there but uh, baruch hashem just stay focused on what we're trying to do and hashem helps
0: yeah he certainly does that's for sure Hanukkah telethon it's happening the 13th of december it's gonna be the final night of Hanukkah. zos Hanukkah, it's a special night to have the celebration no.
10: Uh, absolutely, this is it. So it's Zeus Hanukkah and, and Zayt Hanukkah telephone. With
0: every candle burning.
10: Absolutely. Which and, is pretty and, cool. and, You know, the Rebbe used to say that the, 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 you should keep the, 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 the eighth night, the, can, the candles should light a little longer, and relight them late in the afternoon, so they should go into the ninth night. And certainly by supporting the Hanukkah Telethon, this, um, this, this will help the support and helping people who have fallen between the cracks to continue to be able to call on us and we should be able to help them. And I want all your listeners to know that I found out something about you, Nachum, that I want everyone to know that when your father, Allah Hashem, came to your studio and interviewed or whatever, you stood up during that time. And I've been at your studio, and I know not a large place, but... <laughs> It's, it's a place that you gave such cover to your father, and I want everyone to know how much we appreciate that you, Nochem Siegel, are going to be our MC again, well, Mitz Hashem.
0: I thank you for that. That's, uh, that came out of nowhere, and I appreciate that. Uh,
10: the Chabad uh, Hanukkah Telethon, everybody.
0: You can watch the whole thing on so many different TV sources, which we'll remind you about as we get closer, and of course, Hanukkah Telethon.com, the 13th of December with Rabbi Anshal Pearl and company, and we'll speak more about it, obviously, as we get closer. Rabbi Pearl, happy Hanukkah to you, and thanks for joining us this morning.
10: Thank you. Good. There is Shabbos and the of
0: There he is. Rabbi Anshul Pearl at JM in the AM. Yeah, the King of Schlock is going to be there. That's right. There he is.
6: I
7: I I I
6: I Mama! My, mama menorah, for
7: him. for
6: him. the
7: Yeshua
6: Yeshu Levana Lechana Elisha Be'yach, T'ikon Be'i Tephil Ati, Bisham Toda Nisabe'ach,
10: I'll say,
1: I'll say, i It's Hanukkah, I should be in Florida. Mom, I can't me
7: socks again.
10: Be very, very quiet. We're liking the medulla. Happy <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hanukkah. Hey, it's Crocodile Nati.
3: You
10: think that's a menorah? This is a menorah. Hey, somebody get a rabbi. This somebody
9: called a rabbi? We don't have a rabbi, we have a chaza. Here he comes now! Oh! Hi-ho, hi-ho, let's go to the show! I go! I didn't go, let start saying! Okay, boys, this is what we call advanced fatal. Jack's a better to open, deuces wild, 25 cents.
0: The AM Candle lighting at four oh nine. We'll start saying the same talu muttar tomorrow night. Keep that in mind. It's Yaakov Shweki, of course, with uh, Kamu Vaneha. Uh, certain mornings here at J.M. In the AM, I take the opportunity to um, study the laws of Chesed from the uh, book by the Chavetz Chaim entitled Sefer Avat Chesed, literally the Sefer of uh, the love of Chesed, the love of doing. I guess what we would call loving kindness, although there probably is no good translation for the word chesed in any other language. Uh, And the Chavitz Chaim writes as follows, and this, of course, is in memory of my mother, Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. The mitzvah of extending kindness, which we are commanded to do by the Torah, does not distinguish between a recipient who is liked or not liked, even if the loan is repeated 100 times. The Chavetz explains, since the Torah was very explicit in stating this obligation in the context of returning a lost object, the Torah says when you encounter the ox belonging to your enemy and with the mitzvah of unloading, as the Pasuk states, when you see the donkey belonging to your enemy faltering under the load it was carrying and you decline to help him, you must help him lighten that load. And the Gemara in Bab Mitzia says that obligation is so even if repeated up to 100 times. Now, I just want to extend this for a moment to the Jewish Unity Initiative in memory of my mother. Someone asked me yesterday, I was interviewed by somebody yesterday, and they said, what does unity mean? What is unity? You're, you're making a big deal about unity, Jewish unity, world unity, what is unity? And I said, I'll tell you what unity is. When your brother or sister of any kind, Jewish brother or sister, fellow human being, is in distress, is in trouble... When you're not unified with them, you tend to go and knock them down, kick them when they're down, so to speak. If you're unified with them, even if there's disagreement normally, or you know a lot of cultural differences, etc., 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 just different ways of doing things, and sometimes resentment, etc. But if there's unity, when your brother or sister is down, you try to lift them up. So there are a lot of people in this world that we and in our community that we don't always get along on every issue and we have challenges ourselves, but when the chips are down, how do we react to each other? And that I believe is what unity is. And I think this from the Chavetz Chaim exemplifies that, as the Torah commands us to do these mitzvot even for one who we consider to be an enemy. Candle lighting at four oh nine on this era of Shabbos. We'll try to do as much of the community calendar later as possible. Obviously plenty going on here. I do want to mention I saw a, uh, I saw a communique from Rabbi Moshe Snow. The Kalbach Kabbalah Shabbos with Chazen Benzion Miller and the Aaron Miller Memorial Choir will happen at the Young Israel Bethel of Borough Park, 48th Street and 15th Avenue. Go to yibethel.org and, um, and get ready for an amazing Kalbach Shabbos over at the Young Israel Bethel, 48th Street, 15th Avenue in Borough Park. Brooklyn always A great event. Weekly update and plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
6: To be respected till the last. Generations let every girl and boy know every girl and boy that once there was a people who fought for the right to be, free. Right to be free. And yes. that
0: is just yes. what means amused me. Oh, yes, and let those lights burn brightly everywhere around the world. We certainly could use it. Friday morning, it's J.M. in the A.M. on this era of Shabbos, Parshas Vayeshev with candle lighting at 409. Big thank you to our friends at OnlySimchus.com for continuously, and I'm sure with our trip to Paris, they're going to be all over it, uh, continuously using our content for their incredible news feed. OnlySimchus.com, way beyond Simchas. You'll see what they've done. Just amazing. And a big thank you to JewishWorldReview.com. Thousands and thousands of articles about what's going on in this world of ours you could print out before Shabbos. Yeah, that's right. More than 25 hours worth of articles you could print out.
7: <laughs>
0: and be up to date on what's happening. A big thank you to JewishWorldReview.com as they continue to enthusiastically recommend us to their incredible readership. Uh, Malcolm Homeline is with us. We will Bezrat Hashem, because I'm, I'm expected to be back Thursday nights. So we will Bezrat Hashem, um, uh, regroup next week as well and do an Erev Shabbos Chanukah edition of the uh, weekly update. I think, as I said earlier, I think only the last Friday of December uh, will be the only uh, week that we're off uh, this month. Other than that, looks like we're on schedule. Well, a little bit off schedule now because I'm so late, and I apologize. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update on this Friday morning. Uh, Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
11: Uh, Good morning, Nachum. Or should I say it in French?
0: Yes. Bonjour Bonjour to you as well. (laughs) I knew there'd be at least one expression I would learn before the trip. Uh, Uh, Tomorrow night, tell our audience where they can see you and hear you tomorrow night.
11: At uh, Beth Torah on uh, Ocean Parkway at 8.30 p.m.
0: Have we decided on a topic yet?
11: Uh, by tomorrow night,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, usually around then is when happens. Listen, who knows
11: what will happen between now and then? Given the pace of events these days, you can't.
0: You know, Malcolm, no,
11: nothing's predictable. And of course, and those na- who are in Miami can hear me on Tuesday night.
0: And Burn of course, Miami. and of course, now completely has changed. You have completely changed the direction of how I wanted to start this conversation. I'll get back to my way in a minute, but you just brought up something. I just read an article online of an American, I don't remember in what city, and she drops her son off into public high school every day, and all she does is look over her shoulder, wonder if her son is going to come home alive. Very similar stories, of course, to what our brothers and sisters in Israel go through on a regular basis. I'm not discounting that at all. But now, especially with what happened this week, and I know you're referring, obviously, to San Bernardino and those types of episodes, if you get back to your home safely these days, no matter where you are, New York, Paris, Jerusalem, or anywhere else, you are a lucky person, and I'm sure that's what you were alluding to.
11: It's certainly it's, it's um, you know a worldwide epidemic, and the world is still not ready to confront it. And the you know while it's becoming inevitable because people will demand it more and more, the the fact is that we are still not taking the steps necessary in the situation in Syria is going to continue to breed an outflow of people. The uh, safe zones are not being created, which might be a a temporary buffer. We are um, not utilizing the kind of intelligence and expertise that that they should. Uh, I think the NYPD deserves a lot of credit because they have been always way ahead of the curve on this and and devote resources around the world and here to try and protect the people in this area. Others, there are other police forces as well that have been uh, very effective. I think DHS is trying to really uh, utilize the resources. But, you know, when you can't predict where it will come from, when like in Israel, it can pop up anywhere at any time. So what you can do is go after the sources, and that means greater restrictions on the Internet and monitoring them and and. Uh, Moving preemptively, where, where uh, ever possible and legal, to to go after those who incite, and to go after those who help those who incite, who aid them, who abet them, who provide weapons, who 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 uh, give financial support. In this case, Abbas himself and the whole PA infrastructure is used to it site. So. Oh, yeah.
0: And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck when I ask this, but you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, refer to genie out of a bottle at this point in a conversation like this. I mean, is it doable now? Is there are the internet restrictions still, I you know, do we enough time to implement those and the financial sources to be cut off? Is there is, is there still a possibility that could be done in a very effective manner?
11: Yes. Well, it doesn't mean you're going to prevent every act. That's not possible. But you can do a lot to attack the infrastructure to make the price so high. I think Israel's reaction today—not waiting around to see whether the guy's going to shoot another person, but to take the action to immobilize those who, who engage in these kind of attacks—I think is really the response they have to see that there's a real price to pay. Yeah. And when the, you know people criticize Israel for demolishing a house, how, how many human lives is that worth? And if if an attacker. Understands that his family will pay a price. That the, you know, the uh, seventy-two virgins are going to be offset by the demolition of the house, by uh, by real punishment, and um, and it's up to authority figures. Every society has haters. The way you judge it is how do you deal with those haters? How, what kind of determination do we show? And if you know, we let those who are behind it in Iran today look at what's happened this week, how we're dealing with them, going to get a buy. We know that they're lying. We know that the infrastructure, even according to the report, was active, the nuclear infrastructure active until 2009 and not 2003, and yet we see saying, well, the report is conclusive enough for us to move forward. Why? Why? There should be demands if uh, Iran understands the price that it will pay, that if they continue to support terrorism in South America, in Africa, in Asia, let alone all the terrible things they're doing in the
0: Middle East. It's like a, a, a an epidemic of denial, both from world leaders and the media. By the way, the California episode is a perfect example, because we see the type of orientation these people had, these murderers, and where they came from and what their influences were, and, and it's hard to get anybody, a government official or the media, to just say it. And
11: and I will tell you that that the labeling issue in Europe and the whole BDS movement in Europe in the United States were growing and it's, uh, gaining acceptance in in circles. You saw the uh, Women's Studies Association voted six hundred to something to uh, to eighty five or something like that margin like that. The American Anthropological Association voted thousand to one hundred. The and we'll bring it now before their full body to boycott Israeli academic institutions Israeli academic institutions as if this is a legitimate way of, of their involvement even though it may well violate their their charters and mandates but you, this week Greece Germany and Hungary all said they will not abide by the EU law on labeling products from the West Bank and those countries should hear from us they should let us we should let them know that we appreciate uh, standing up for it, for it in the way that they have. And when countries stood up for us in the U.N., they have to hear from us, and we have to show them appreciation and let the others know, those who do business there, those who have uh, relationships there.
0: Your office must spend a lot of time on that, by the way, <laughs> just being in touch with leaders of countries and ambassadors, etc., that have made positive moves toward Israel.
11: We do, because very rarely do people show up our appreciation. We were quick to criticize rightfully, but you also have to encourage and show support. And Israel, by the way, is very good at it. You've seen now how the relationship with India, the relationship with Korea, five times the trade of five years ago, or six times the trade. India, expanding in every area its relationship uh, with Israel. And then the opening in the UAE of, a, of an office, which is not a diplomatic office, and it's uh, misreported in some of the press. But the very fact that there's now a formal presence at an arena, which is um, the Renewable Energy Agency of the United Nations, and, you know, they were quick to point out this is uh, not a change in policy, but it is a change, and we should
0: recognize it. No question about it. Um, so now back to this, what happened this week in California. Uh, we know there's a lack of desire to identify the background of the killers, um, I I would have to assume that more and more people as they continue to leave Syria and other places and I want to discuss with you if, if Syria is the the major concern or not as they continue to do that and become influenced by people whether it be over the internet or live and in person uh, the radicalization the uh desire to kill the influence of ISIS where we know the you know the the treacherous murders are now commonplace so people are more immune to it and are numb to it practically I mean, are we, are we just going to expect at this point that these types of attacks are going to escalate in our own country here?
11: They are, and, and that is really the bottom line. They are, and uh, there are various kinds. Somebody pointed out that it comes to an average of one a day where you have a, some sort of a mass shooting, mass incident, and the, there has to be a really serious uh, approach And there are now new tactics and techniques that are available for surveying the Internet, to seeing where there's signs, to uh, alerting local leaders, community schools, others to what signs to look for, how to, to tell when something appears to be brewing. But I think in many of these cases you would not know. You would not be able to tell.
0: And by the way, and we've spoken about this so many times about you know terrorism having an address. In fact, in the '90s, that was your one of your you know most popular slogans because we were drifting away from terrorism having an address you could attack to these random acts and people around the world, obviously more in the Middle East at that time, attacking. Um, is Syria then the address? You know, for those of us who are frustrated that, that nobody seems to know exactly where ISIS is or where the bases are, but but now the military actions being taken by the United States by European countries, it seems that in fact that is the hub of activity. Does this discount what's going on in Iran, Iraq, and other countries? Is is Syria the hub of ISIS at this point?
11: So there are two, there, you, you've asked a lot of questions in this, uh, each of which is very important to understand where we are and why we got to where we are. And it's not just ISIS. ISIS is one factor in this, a very serious one, one that we did not take seriously when we first learned and, and uh, warned about the growth of the foreign fighters, et cetera. That it was not taken seriously, and law enforcement in Europe and here did not do what they should have done then. And when we got reports from in Syria, inside Syria, and started sharing it and alerting and people didn't get it or didn't want to get it. Now we have a huge problem of thousands of, of fighters, foreign fighters, who can travel because they have the passports, who get trained, who are, are going to come back as killers, and the use of the Internet. But ISIS is one part. I would say that ISIS is an international uh, operation. They have... People in different countries now, they've built up a base, for instance, in Libya on the coast of the Mediterranean. They, they moved from about 50 now to about 5,000 fighters in a city called Sirte, S-I-R-T-E, I believe. Uh, and what's what's significant about this is that a, it has access to, to generating oil revenue. It becomes a place to play in and, and, uh, terrorism. But it's on a coast that's closest to Europe, so you have a, a base, another base, where Libya, taking adva- in Libya, taking advantage of a chaotic situation where you don't have controls, where the government has collapsed, to to operate. But Iran is still the major problem. It's more important than the Syrian problem. It's a bigger base of operation than the others. Look at the at the funding for Hezbollah. Hezbollah is going through some difficult times now, thank God. They've lost a lot of leadership, the the, uh, deaths in Syria. By the way, of all ISIS, they estimate, has lost 23,000 fighters in in, uh, Syria. Mm -hmm. Um, They get a constant supply, but the resupply is not anywhere near what it used to be. They're down to 50, 60 new recruits a month, according to some uh, some reports that... uh, and in this, in essence, they're saying now, carry out your attacks at home, do what you have to do there. But they're not getting people coming into Syria in the same way that and waves that uh, they did before.
0: So if you but, were, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead.
11: But I, I just want to say that Iran is getting overlooked now with the uh, right. focus on ISIS. It's right. not that ISIS isn't important. It is. and we should do everything, eradicate them, do what you have to do to, to take care of the ISIS thing. But if you don't understand the core still remains Iran. This is the if Iran where out of this situation, they would not you know the fighting in Syria, the fighting in all these places would change Hamas this week. You know that they found a metal, an iron tunnel. The walls are like 40 centimeters thick. Where to where? The first time, pardon me?
0: Where to where this tunnel was
11: uh, gone? Gaza to Egypt. The Egyptians found it. Mm -hmm. One of 17 tunnels in a certain network that they found. And you know that they already destroyed 1,500, 1,800 tunnels. They flood them, they destroy them, and they constantly look for them. But now they found a metal one, which is a huge uh, um, operation to build. You know, these sand tunnels, they put up boards that go, go in, they build them, they know how to do it quickly, they cement the walls. Here you had to move all of this metal and to to build this infrastructure for for a tunnel, which was meant to resist then the bombings and the attacks that that, uh, the Egyptians have launched against them. And it can't be possible. None of this would happen with Hamas were they not to get the funds. And Iran is increasingly the source of funds for for so many of these operations. Mm.
0: So the same way that uh, the uh, focus on the nuclearization of Iran – uh, took away from the, you know, distracted us from what was happening in North Korea. So now, because everyone's so focused on ISIS and the military from all these countries are heading to Syria to try to eradicate them, Iran, which is the real problem, is getting a free pass.
11: Iran just got the S-300 from Russia, and uh, the Syrians got the S-400. I mean, Russia put the it, S-400. It's expanding its base of operation. It is not a threat. I think, to to the region, but it's an indicator of the, the complete collapse of the systems that Russia, which is taking advantage of it, opened two new, uh, has now four forward operating military bases, two air bases, opened a new one, and Iran is putting a squadron of planes there. Now, you understand for Israel, this is a very serious issue, because Israel flies to take out uh, armed shipments that are going to to. Um, Hezbollah was flying this week in Syria and took out something, probably a convoy. Uh, But now, with Iran having its own planes in the region, you you saw what happened between Turkey and Russia. Just think of what the implications of this would be. And Iran has lost about 70 of its uh, uh, people in, in in Syria, but it includes a lot of officers. <clears throat> and the bigger the presence the more likelihood that you're going to have uh, uh, Iranian casualties the um so the, the your question goes to the core of what where you apply resources how do you deal with it and the answer is that you have to be ready to do both but the failure and we'll I'm sure we'll talk about the Iran deal and what it means but the failure to stand up this week and to appear to again capitulate is Again, it only encourages yeah. and will foster more terrorism, more violence, and, and at a higher level.
0: Yeah, no question. Way behind here. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dow Broadcasting Live. From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, Arab Shabbos, Hanukkah Sunday night, candle lighting at 4.09. We start saying the same Talmud tomorrow. Um, Paris Unity Initiative, the uh, Jewish Unity Initiative, I should say, heads to Paris starting on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We'll have our uh, Hanukkah music specials here during J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday, Thursday, our broadcast from Paris, the event in Paris in the Great Synagogue. It seems that nary a seat remains. That's when the reaction of the community, which is amazing. And, Malcolm, I'd like your comment on this, Uh, especially when I was there last week. It seemed that people were resigned to the fact in, in a duplicate fashion to what's happening in Brussels and other areas, to just stay in their homes and not go out, Jew and non-Jew alike, in Paris. It's encouraging that it looks like the holiday of Hanukkah is going to encourage some people to come out and celebrate a little bit.
11: Well, French Jews are, uh, have been courageous throughout. It is true that the restaurants have suffered, businesses have suffered, whether in Israel, whether in Paris, wherever, uh, I think here in New York, people are more reluctant, and you hear parents afraid of it, sending kids alone to the schools, worried about all sorts of the dangers. That, um, but but you can't give into it. And going there, and first of all, I give you really a big yasher for doing this. I think it's the act of solidarity It's very important. It sends the message people care; they do appreciate it and uh, it'll be interesting to hear you broadcast in French next week <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and to sing us a few songs
0: from there. Um, you're such a world traveler. Listen to your accent. But je peux parler en français. You don't know. And you're worried about the restaurants? I'm going. There'll be plenty of, uh, plenty of you know, food. Next week there'll be a big boost, I know, but we're uh, <laughs>
11: not formally. But I, I will tell you something. You have to, again, to, to, to look at the good news that Argentina elected a president throughout the... Uh, uh, the uh, the Kershners finally and and this guy is has promised the, to abrogate the agreement with Tehran, uh, which you know covered up the bombing of the Amia and no. the investigation. I, I hope it. he I yeah.
0: hope he has a good security force.
11: He will, well, he's still not in office yet, yeah. but he already made the statement that that
0: hope uh, he makes uh, it to the inauguration.
11: Renew the, in the, in the, in the investigation and that uh, he was a mayor of Buenos Aires and the Jewish community knows him. Uh, this is a, a major... Uh, you
0: know what well, happens to people in the public eye there who don't support uh, terrorists? You know what happens? No. You
11: don't? Oh, yes, I do know yeah. exactly what
0: happens. That's what I'm and, saying. Which, in
11: fact, we just had a film opening this week on the story of Alberto, Alberto Nisman, the prosecutor... Yeah. He was murdered. And, uh, ...who was murdered, and when you see this, it really is very scary to see the full story and in the, in the alleged involvement of the highest level of government in his murder... Um,
0: you know, you know, it, it's Erev Hanukkah. It's Erev Hanukkah. And I notice, and there's a million things on this list, and you have things, and you wanted to talk about the Iran deal, but if you're on the point of good news already, and we're trying to celebrate and come together, Malcolm, I'm sure you are aware of the fact, and you always bring these things to our attention, so I'm so excited to, to bring it up first here today. The seal, the Bula, that was discovered right near the Temple Mount, says on it, Chizkiyahu ben Ahaz, Melach Yudah, Chizkiyahu, the son of Achaz, king of Judea. What does this tell us, this discovery this week, before Hanukkah, about the history of our people?
11: Actually, it's so exciting. And I, I mentioned that people, you know, they either don't know, they didn't look. It's, if, if we need anything to see that God is sending us messages all the time, I discussed the, the finding of the Akra Fortress. They found it because of this coin, I'm told, that, that uh, finding it in a certain location told them to look there for the the base of the fortress. And here you have the discovery by Dr. Mazar, was the one who announced it, uh, and it says it belonged to Hezkiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, just like it's the Hezkiah that... Is in um, in Malachi in Kings two in Isaiah in in Chronicles two. He is a direct descendant of David Amelch of King David, and it's the first uh, seal impression of an Israelite or Judean king ever discovered in an archaeological excavation. Wow. This this seal is twenty seven hundred years old, wow. and it was in the Othel excavation. This is um, the court or the quarter of the government built during the time of Shlomo the king solomon it's in the area that connects the city of david and you know this to the temple mount where there is amazing excavations it it was so exciting that president rivlin went to the city of david and to see this seal firsthand and people who appreciate it you don't have to be an archaeologist to understand what the significance coming and revealing at erif hanukkah to, to tell us all that with all the problems that we discussed, this is the real message. We can survive, and we'll be there when all these other guys have been written off in the dustbin of history.
0: 100%, and what a great message that is for this time of year. Just incredible. Alright, uh, so many things to discuss. The um, Netanyahu goes to Europe. It seems he has some type of, um, I don't know, handshake, formality with both the leader of Egypt, the king of Jordan, and with Mahmoud Abbas, am I right that there was actually some type of exchange between him and the president of the PA?
11: Very limited, more pro forma. Um, you know, this is uh, all these meetings take place on the sidelines of the conference, the climate conference. They were important, and it was important to see how many foreign leaders, whether India and the Koreas, others, lined up to, to meet the, the prime minister, to talk to him. Uh, so when all of those who talk about the isolation of Israel, you should have seen his uh, dance card.
0: Um, Interesting, but,
11: but the the meeting with uh, Abbas was not a productive one. It was just a pro forma one.
0: Yeah, understood. I didn't even think the pro forma ones take place between the two of them, but <laughs> I don't know. Well,
11: they they actually crossed or something, and I guess the, maybe Kerry others encouraged them at least to, to
0: shake hands. But... Now, now, does, what happens? And I again, it's, it's you know, I, I'm sure most of these are secretive, and it's, it's difficult to be an armchair a general, but. Does Israel communicate these messages to the United States and others, especially those who are involved now in military activity in Syria, that really Iran is the address and the place that's got to be, uh, I mean, I guess I could say attacked, but at the minimum with the Iran deal and the status that it is, at the minimum, to cut off the economic ties, to encourage companies in Europe not to do business with them. I mean, I don't even know at this point, after the deal's been signed, and you wanted to mention something about the deal, I don't even know now, now that the agreement is there, if, if a country could make a recommendation like that to the U.S. and others.
11: Well, Israel certainly does, and it keeps pressing this message. Israeli military leaders and others uh, have been communicating on a regular basis to keep the focus on Iran. Uh, but we see how Iran is expanding it, its foothold in Syria, uh, the presence, more troops, etc., the, and the development this week, both with the, develop, the sending the finally of the S-300 to Iran by by Russia, which tells you that the Russians are sending a message, but also the restrictions are, are dropping, and we're hearing of new loans, new deals that are being made. Uh, the Iranians, in the the Decision this week where there is no clear-cut finding by the International Atomic Energy Agency and where the whole issue of past military developments, what you see in the press, PMDs, means that what we have to know where Iran was up to, what was their full capacity, in order to use it as a baseline to measure what they have done. How are you going to know and say, well, they've made more advances, or they've done uh, additional things, if you don't know where they were up to? So. Right. The IA investigators did what they could, but they were restricted. They say they were restricted, and Iran gets away with it. And now we're talking about moving on to the next stage, and government spokesmen, including American spokesmen, say, well, they are basically in compliance, and that, uh, they, that, that it's, as we said, they stopped in 2003. That's not what the report the report says, 2009. But we said, if you don't give us PMD, we can't move ahead. We're not going to get it. And, and they keep... Um, you know, denying the the demands, and and we keep dropping the standards by which we to which we hold them. So Iran now, the next stage will, will be in a couple weeks where we will find out if they get to I forgot what they call that day—not graduation day, but something you know where they they uh, fulfillment day, compliance day. They have all these terms in in the deal, uh, but the fact is that we don't know, the, we don't have the information that we were supposed to have. I don't think we have it about Parchin. I don't think we have it in other regards. And they, they will continue to, to put in restrictions and violations. And, and as somebody said this week, what they will do is they won't do major things. They're not going to do something so blatant, although they did with the missile and still till today have not paid any price for it. And we continue to press on that issue because it's a violation of other resolutions of the Security Council as well. But they will do small things, and everybody will say it's not worth going to war over that. It's not worth abrogating the agreement over that. And do it repeatedly until, you know, it's cumulative. We so ass- they will accomplish the end and and not pay a price.
0: We assume they'll regard fulfillment dates the same way they've regarded deadlines until this point, right?
11: Oh, of course. And 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 they have one goal, and that is getting the money. Yeah. Because they got a lot of terrorists to support. They have a lot of uh, domestic needs, but you, you can't be sure anything will go to that. And uh, the IRGC, which controls a third of the economy, the Khamenei and his family have hundred billion dollars uh, in in interests. You know they need the the influx because
0: they have big appetites. And maybe it's unfair to blame them because obviously that them I mean, they didn't spearhead this deal. The U.S. did, but uh, Putin and Russia, you know, they, they keep Iran in business, provide for them what they need. They love the fact that you've described many times that they are you know able to engage in these sales and have uh, you know Iran throw a lot of money his way. But again as long as as long as nobody feels the need to pressure him someone said to me yesterday they said ah you go to you go to France, tell holland tell Ulland not to um uh, not to dance with putin I mean now I understand what they mean they mean that you know that the european leaders should take a stronger role against uh, against russia and encourage them not to do business with iran but but what do you want at this point the whole world has basically capitulated and is, is ready to do business with iran
11: well putin Uh, sides with Iran against the removal of Assad and uh, he uh, has seized these great opportunities to make money like everyone else they made a big loan uh, over the recent period even though his economy is is tanking um, to get into the energy sector of Iran and Iran is paying for a lot of the military purchases in Syria so there's big influxes and there are two flights a day coming from Russia with new weapons Uh, uh, coming to Putin takes advantage of the weakness in the West. Now you had a big uh, uh, glitch in, in, I'm sure, what all of them anticipated with the uh, Turkish incident where Turkey shot down this plane. Now, we all have been complaining about Turkey. No one would have predicted this incident. Uh, So it is, uh, in a sense, a game-changer, but it drives Russia more with Iran. And they're going to do stuff against Turkey, and they've been bombing the Turkmen forces. And, and you have the Americans flying, you have the Russians flying, you have Israel, you have others. You know, this is a. Uh, uh, how much stronger to, to how,
0: how much stronger can the Russian Iranian alliance become?
11: So that's a very good question. because Iran still has to look at Russia like, the, like the, a lot of the Arabs do. It's still a godless communist country, and th- there's been traditionally, you know... A, yeah, a tough partner. Them, but they're driven together by common interests, and that's what makes the best, the, the closest alliances in mm. politics is a common enemy, a common uh, uh, interest, economic, military, etc. And Russia is expanding space. They just signed a, a, a billions and billions of dollars deal with Egypt and they are providing the loans this is Russia the loans to Egypt to pay for it maybe 7-8 billion dollars or more and a it's a message that this should have been a US military sale b that the Russians are looking to expand their footprint and now have found the opportunity not only with the bases that I mentioned in Syria but now having relations in in the gulf and in the biggest arab country in Egypt mm. which has oh, been buying American weapons I don't know why they're certainly inferior to American weapons but they're they're angry they think the United States delays in the delivery and held up the helicopters for a long time when they felt they needed them and and um, and Putin can can point to all of these things as a success of his policy and that he's sticking it to the United States mm-hmm. at the same time which is something he is uh, happy to do
0: what a balancing act you know <laughs> when at the root of things you really should be enemies but you have as you say politically you know these common enemies which bring you closer but you're always looking over your shoulder
11: someone once said that you know politics make strange bedfellows right. you know that in yemen it was revealed this week that the saudis are sending sudanese troops hundreds of them that the uae sent 450 people from El Salvador, Chile, Colombia, to fight there, that there are 1,800 of them training in a base in the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Who would have thought, here you go and recruit people from Panama, Colombia, these countries, come to train in UAE and are sent to fight a battle against against the Houthis, which is a battle against Iran. You see that everything is globalized. So when people say, "Give it," you know, can you explain this? And you, if you don't give them all of the background, if you don't follow this, you know, and see, and I, I don't know it all. I certainly try to follow as much as I can, but it, it's all so complicated, and everything has another leg and another uh, linkage that is, uh, you know, is makes it so hard to answer, answer in simple terms about what each what is significance of each of these developments.
0: Hey, what do you think of Donald Trump's comments about Israel's role in the peace process?
11: Well, as I read it, I did not hear it. Uh, uh, it's outrageous. Wow. I mean, to say that Israel has to make more concessions. Yeah, You know, he's given the colorful language. I think a lot of the stuff is, uh, you know, it's just him, and he just speaks without thinking. And worse, says if he's thinking, then it's more dangerous. But, <laughs>
7: um,
11: you know, wow. as he said, he's going to be great for Israel. He uh, certainly has family ties. He has a history of... of being involved in Jewish, uh, getting awards from Jewish organizations, being there. But, you know, when you reflect a lack of knowledge, not saying at least the mouthing the words about United Jerusalem, but saying, I'm going to check with Bibi, which is fine, but you know, it's not what the audience wanted to hear.
0: We also we made a, a couple of last things we made a big deal this week, uh, rightfully so, about the Chevron Fund and their their twenty four hour fundraising effort. One of the reasons, of course, is their tourism industry, understandably so, has been hit so hard. Do you hear much about the Israeli tourism industry in November, December, being hit very hard? I don't know for some reason I'm not at least catching that in the headlines.
11: It has been hit. It is, and and the the problem is that with in tourism is that once people have bought tickets and have planned, they usually go ahead. Right. The problem is now they're planning for the spring vacations, right. and that's where where the hit is. And it's also, businesses in Israel have been hit very hard. Businesses in areas like Mamila, for instance, are down more than 50%, and you will start seeing stores close. You will see that the, the impact is very great. So people who have an opportunity buy things from Israeli companies, purchase from going to Israeli stores uh, when you're visiting, spend a few bucks more. They really need it. It's it's uh, in Tel Aviv too. Business is yeah. down sharply, and uh, hotels tend not to have been impacted quite as much, but they're all down. Uh, and this is you know a slow season normally. Right, uh, but
0: now it's building up. I mean, end of December, January break. I mean, that that that's,
11: that's, that's yeah. exactly right. And I know people, some people have canceled. By and large, people are not, and that's really critical.
0: Your thoughts on the passing of one-time national security Advisor Sandy Berger.
11: Well, I think people remember him now best for for having smuggled those documents out in his underwear. Right. I, I obviously worked with him when he was National Security Advisor. We had many areas of disagreement, um, but obviously we sent condolences to his family and to you know I've seen him in the interim at the meetings and uh, occasions. Uh, so
0: he certainly made an impact, right? Whether you agree with him or not.
11: Yes, he did. He made right. an impact, and he was a key player. I mean, he was uh, he with Madeline Albright were the team that really advised the president.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, all right, I just wanted to mention that both on the on my profile and on the Nahum Siegel Network profile, we have shared Mayor Weingarten's uh, photo and analysis of the bula from Israel. So, if you want to see what Malcolm was referring to, twenty seven hundred years old, a perfect thing to discuss with your children at the Shabbos table on Erev Hanukkah, uh, then you will see that there uh, on Facebook, uh, Malcolm. Next week, uh, I will give you my report from uh, Paris, please God. And uh, I thank you for all your enthusiasm. D- Jewish leadership in general has been unbelievably enthusiastic about this. Uh, the message is simplistic. The message is one that uh, I know you are a big believer in. When Jews in uh, in this world, at any in any place, are in challenging situations. Uh, there are other Jews who care, and that's what we're demonstrating, so I thank you for that. Have a I wonderful- I know
11: s- how much they appreciate it, because
0: I've heard it from them. I nice. thank you for that. And uh, tomorrow night in Brooklyn, New York, at- Remind me, at-
11: At Bet Torah. Bet Torah. Uh, and if they're in Miami on Tuesday night, and, uh, next Sunday in California,
0: and- And tell everybody at Bet Torah that if they listen here every Friday, there's no need for them to go to your speeches. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining my business. <laughs> 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 ah, you know I'm lying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have a wonderful Shabbos and a Freilich and Chanukah. There he is, Malcolm Homeline Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, Candle lighting 409 on this Arab Shabbos. This time, each and every Arab Shabbos, every Friday morning, Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, addresses us concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
12: Good morning, Nachum. Good erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev, which begins the story of Yosef and his brothers, brings us to the sale of Yosef by his brothers, brings us to Yosef in Mitzrayim, to which we will, please God, return after we discuss, please God, the forthcoming Yom Tov of Hanukkah, which we begin observing this coming Sunday evening. Let's remind ourselves that there are seven rabbinic mitzvahs, and the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is one of the seven rabbinic mitzvahs. The Talmud tells us in the Gemara Shabbos, ...21b, that beginning with the 25th of Kislev, there are eight days of Hanukkah on which it is forbidden to eulogize or to fast. For when the Greeks entered the Beis Hamikdas, the sanctuary of our temple, they defiled all the oil in the sanctuary. And when the Hasmonean dynasty proved victorious they discovered but one undisturbed jug of oil with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. And there was enough oil to burn for only one day. A miracle occurred. They kindled with it for eight days. And the following year, the rabbis established these eight days made them as a festival for Halil and Hodoya, praise and thanksgiving. I'd like to begin with the three blessings that we're going to be reciting, please God, this coming Sunday night. And they are the blessing of Lahadlik, Neer Shel literally to light the Hanukkah lights. The second one, She'osonisim Lavosinu, that God performed miracles for our ancestors in yesteryear at this time. And finally, Shehachianu, the blessing that God has brought us to, thank God, another Yom Tov, another occasion, this time Hanukkah. On Sunday night, we say the three brachos each, and the three brachos are recited prior to the lighting of the first Hanukkah light on each subsequent night we do not say the shehiyanu again we only say the first two kin first two blessings now interestingly i'd like to focus for a moment on lahadlik Shah shamchanakah to light the Chanukah light from the letter of the law one candle Ne'er ish ubeso is sufficient each and every night of the night of Hanukkah. On the fourth night, sixth night, eighth night, one is sufficient. However, the Talmud tells us that there are stages and degrees and progression, that we don't only light one per night, but as we follow the halacha, following the school of Basilel, each night we are each night we add first night one, second night two, etc. To on the last night we have eight. Now, why do we have these different levels of performance of the mitzvah of Nirchanika, something which you don't have with most mitzvahs? And an answer, which is a very important one, which will give us a key to Hanukkah, is the following. From the letter of the law, they really did not need the whole miracle of Hanukkah. What does that mean? There is a halachic concept that tumah hutra Bitsibur, If the majority, 51% or more, of the community are tomei, ritually impure, then you can have a functioning Base Hamikdash, even in a state of impurity. Well, if that's the case, the majority of the Jewish people were impure at the time of Hanukkah. Why did we need the whole miracle in the first place? And the answers suggest our Rabbi is as follows. The Jewish people at the time of Hanukkah were not satisfied with using the impure oil, they went out of their way and looked and looked and looked and looked until they found one pure jug of oil. Because we went out of our way, demonstrating that the lighting of the menorah was something exceedingly important to us, God went out of His way and made a miracle for us that the oil lasted for eight days. Hence, we too, while we can satisfy the obligation each and every night with one candle, we also, quote, go out of our way, and we don't do bare bone minimum, but we do hedur mitzvah, we enhance, glorify, beautify, the mitzvah, because this reflects the entire tone of Hanukkah. Now, on who is obligated? Men, women, and children who have reached the age of Chinuch are required to light the Hanukkah candles. Women are obligated, says Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, because afhein hoyu hanes. They too were included, involved in the miracle, which according to the Rajbam is not simply that their spiritual destiny was at stake, just as the men, but no, they helped bring about the military victory and the uprising by Yehudis, the daughter of the Kohen Gadol, when the law was that the virgin bride had to go and spend the night before her wedding with the governor, she gave him first some cheese, and then afterwards wine. And when she then beheaded him, this spurned on the rebellion against the Greeks. So therefore, according to the Rashbam, women earned their Place within their Hanukkah and so it's not like sukkah, which is a positive mitzvah governed by time that if they want to sit in the sukkahs they can but they're certainly not obligated here they are obligated and not only are they obligated but if the man of the house is not coming home for any reason, then from the letter of the law, the woman can light the menorah in the house on his behalf as well So, women are obligated, men are obligated, and Ashkenazic practice is that each individual, except for the wife, lights their own menorah. Within different communities, there are different customs about unmarried girls. But certainly, the men and young men, each boy will light their own menorah. The Ashkat, the Sephardic practice is one menorah per household. The menorah is filled with oil or candles from the right side of the menorah facing the person, with the person facing the menorah, and with each night an additional cup is filled and we begin the lighting from left to right. We fill it from right to left, we light it from Left to right, the new candle each night is the one on the extreme left. Now, there is the very important factor of pursumenisa of publicizing the miracle regarding their Hanukkah. Why? Because at the time of Hanukkah, the threat was basically one of assimilation. Namely, that the Jews were very much following in the Greek fashion and so to demonstrate that I am proud to be a Jew and I am not assimilating the practice was initially the Ner was placed in front of the house as is coming back in Erez Yisrael with many many lighting in front of their homes and Wherever possible, Jews lit by the window proudly proclaiming their identification and pride with belonging to the Jewish people. Now, the proper time for lighting the menorah is with (laughs) Seis HaKochavim, approximately a half an hour after sunset which is approximately 5 o'clock, 5.05 would be the ideal time. However, given that many people are not at home, one can light the menorah as long as persons are up in the home. Ideally, in the earlier part of the evening. Now, whenever one lights the menorah, the oil, candles has to be able to burn for at least a half an hour. After the half an hour, if one wants to, one can extinguish, blow them out. However, ideally, keep it going, and you'll be keeping Pursume Nisa, publicizing the miracle, going as well. Now, the idea behind the um, putting the menorah in the window is that more people should be able to see it. If one lives high up in an apartment house, and placing it there will not be seen from the street, then by all means it should be placed in the home, in the apartment, that the people in the apartment should be able to see it. Once the candles and oil have been lit, kavsa eno and there was enough fuel to go for half an hour. Should they go out by themselves, one need not relight them. If one wants to relight them, they can, but without a bracha. We will be speaking, please God, next week, before Shabbos Hanukkah about the laws of... Uh, Shabbos Hanukkah, how long they have to burn, etc. I will say that the earliest you could light Ner Hanukkah with a bracha is from Plaga Mincha under extenuating circumstances which is approximately an hour and a quarter before sunset, a little after 3.30, but if you were to light the Ner Hanukkah at that time, you'd have to light with enough oil or enough candle that it should be able to burn until approximately 5.30, which is a half an hour after the ideal time for um, lighting the menorah. In contrast to Nair Shabbos, where one is to get benefit from the uh, Nair Shabbos. By Ne'er Hanukkah, one is not to get benefit from the Ne'er Hanukkah, because they were lighting candles every night. In this way, it showed that these candles and these lights were being lit for the purpose of the mitzvah exclusively. Therefore, Common practice is that we have in our menorah an additional light called the shamash. That just in case somebody were to get benefit from the Ner Hanukkah, we would attribute the benefit that he gets by the light of the shamash. Immediately after you've lit the first candle, so this Sunday night and throughout the week after you lit candle 1 you begin saying the paragraph Haneros Halolo a declaration whereby one says that these candles are not for our utilitarian purpose but they are holy we don't have um, the opportunity or we are not allowed to get benefit from them finally on Hanukkah. We say Halel, the full Halel, each and every morning, after the Shmone Esrei in Shacharis, in the Shmone Esrei of both uh, all the Tefilos, we add Al Hanisim, and in the uh, Birkasa Hamazon as well, we add Al Hanisim. If one forgot the Al in either or the Shmone Esrei or Birkasa Hamazon, one need not um, uh, repeat. Either or the Shmona Esrael or Hamazon. Finally, unlike. Purim, where there is an obligation to have a Purim Suda. Here on Hanukkah, one is prohibited from fasting. But one need not have a Hanukkah meal. The families get together on Hanukkah is wonderful and beautiful. After all, you can drive and it's an opportunity for families to so do. And if they have festive meals, wonderful, then by all means, sing the proper songs, giving thanks to Hashem. Include divrei Torah and make those meals a Su'udas mitzvah. I want to just connect very quickly Hanukkah with Parshas Vayeshev. The rabbis tell us that one of the decrees that the Greeks had against the Jews is they had a decree of Al right on literally the horn of the ax that you are renouncing your share in the God of Israel. Now what's going on here? So one of the many explanations given to this is as follows. In yesteryear, the ox was our pickup truck, our tractor, literally the vehicle through which they did their work. In other words, their parnasa their livelihood, and therefore they were saying that your livelihood is up to you, not coming from God. There's a very basic uh, kulturkampf, very basic cultural war between the Greeks who were proud of their philosophy, were proud of their, you know, having great intellectual life and the Jewish people. What was the issue? The issue is, they believed in Seichel Anushi. They believed that man is endowed with intelligence. What man understands, that he does. What he doesn't understand, that he doesn't have to do. And we have not only the, the Seichel Anushi of man, but we have Seichel Aloki, that of God Himself in our Torah. And indeed, in the Alanism that we say, they wanted to to make us forget your Torah and to veer us away from your chukim, from your laws that to them, and even to us, don't have a reason. But we do it because we believe that God has given it to us. And they have a society without God. And so we believe on Rosh Hashanah, Mi or Mi or ni. who is going to be more prosperous and who will be less prosperous. However, they were saying, oh no, God is not involved in your making a living. This very basic uh, point of literally uh, contrast, and more important, this point of sharp difference between the Greeks and the Jews, and our ridding ourselves of those Jews who were the Hellenists and accepted this philosophy can be seen so beautifully in the Parsha, whereby Yosef, what are we told when he sold to Potiphar and Mitzrayim, That Vayara Donov in chapter 39, Pasuk 3, his master Hashem Ito, the god was with him. How did that happen? Says Rashi, Shem Shemayim Shogur b'fiv, that Yosef was accomplished, and everything he did has succeeded, but he brought the name of God into it. This is exactly the opposite of what the Greeks wanted us to do. And I say with a great sense of pride, having God at the center of our universe, as opposed to having man at the center of our universe, produces a different kind of a person, one who's not only concerned about himself, one who's concerned about serving God and serving others. And therefore on that note, I just want to say with a great sense of pride that we all wish Nachum a great deal of success in his forthcoming trip to Paris, France next week, whereby on Wednesday and Thursday he will be broadcasting from Paris, in order to show unity. And this idea is that his trip to France to declare to the audience who's listening here and indeed all around the world, that when Jews are in challenging situations, Jews in other parts of the world care and feel their pain. And the collective Jewish heart aches when our brothers and sisters are in distress. Please, God, Nachum will be uh, uh, presenting a major Jewish music concert next Wednesday night of Hanukkah at the great synagogue of Paris. We say to you, Nachum, you should go, Gesund, kum zurück, gesund come back well, and we are so proud of the pride that you um, exhibit. Your Pesumei your persona is one of Pesumei Nisa, and you should be Matzliach, and you are truly our representative to the people of Paris. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom, and, emir um, tzah Hashem, a Luchtega, freilicha. A Hanukkah which is inspiring, a Hanukkah which reminds all of us that just as in yesteryear we fought not to assimilate, that's what we have to do as well today. Shabbat Shalom to all. (laughs)
13: Babahat siha yom kishahashu katuah, haidika hasta moleh, behahase matuah, ulam tami I'm a kid, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm
7: a man, I'm a man,
13: i If only I want you to be right between my I don't want you to be afraid that you will to
0: I didn't want the week to end and Hanukkah to begin without a final word on this side of the uh, world from our chairman of our American delegation. We have amazing people, as you know. We've introduced many of them to you over the last few weeks who are traveling with us with the unity message to Paris. And our official chair is, of course, Robert Ben-Rimon, who's going to be addressing the gathering as our representative, as the delegation's representative in French. I believe the only person who will be representing us in the language of French. Robert Ben-Rimon, welcome back to JM in the AM.
14: Bonjour, bonjour, bon matin, <laughs> comment ça va, Monsieur Nahum? Good morning, thank you for having
0: me again. Oh, pleasure. Thank you again for your role, and thank you for your encouragement and your enthusiasm. I uh, We're getting closer and closer, obviously. It's going to be a very special night. It seems, by the way, it seems from our reports that there are hardly any seats left, that the, that the moment they uh, they opened the Great Synagogue for reservations, that there's practically at this point no more room in the place.
14: Absolutely, and especially you just put your Ram Gaon on the phone. <laughs> and I don't know if uh, many of the listeners know, that song is after a major play by the name Kazablan. Of
0: course, yeah.
14: Kazablan uh, is, uh, was about a guy from the Kasbah in Morocco. Right. Most of Moroccan Jews, when they came to Israel, they asked them, when you come from? They didn't say Morocco, they said I'm a French Moroccan. Right. And sometimes we used to keep it singing and making jokes. I'm not directly from Morocco, I'm from France. Right.
0: You've said to us that, and you mentioned this the first time you were on, we don't realize, we on this side of the world don't realize, just what kind of melting pot France was for Jews. Because if you look at French jury, which of course goes back all these years, all these centuries, if you look at French jury, so many different countries are represented.
14: Absolutely. I think, as I explained before, Nahum, France was the biggest uh, station for anybody to make aliyah to Israel. Right. And unfortunately, you know, a, a lot of Jews instead continuing the state because really the French culture is very, very rich. Uh, you know, when I go to France, honestly, uh, the first things I would like to go is to those top, top restaurants. Right. Kosher restaurant is the same level as the top chef in the world. Yeah.
0: 200 kosher restaurants in Paris. Exactly.
14: And some of them are really the schools of all, regardless kosher, they are the schools for uh, culinary all over the world.
0: Right. Yeah, the culture is very attractive, that's for sure.
14: Very attractive. and the... I'm very excited. I can't explain how excited I am. Because you know what? The language is different. The culture is different. But one thing we have in common, which we're all Jews,
7: oh.
14: uh, in the morning when oh. somebody, uh, you know, when we're talking about midot uh, ve'arachim, that somebody's teaching, right. I teach my kids here, and the same family in different language, and different culture, overseas teaching their kids.
7: Yeah.
14: And we're going to see them, it's like, I think, first of all, yesher kochecha I think it's such a, Big Kiddush Hashem that you're doing here. Very, very, I think one of the best Kiddush Hashem that we're going to show solidarity. We're going to show that we're with them. And already I called some of my cousins, and they are so excited there. <laughs> Plus, you made the world very small. <laughs> now we're going to have the delegation from Israel. We're going to have your Gaon, literally New York, Tel Aviv, and Paris are like nothing. You know, it's like bringing everybody together. The globe, you made the globe very small.
0: Well, oh, I thank you. And the Jewish world is small, but now it seems even a bit closer. That's for sure. Uh, and as I said, you know, when, uh, when Jews are in challenging situations, they have to be told that other Jews care. And I thank you. You're so on message. You're so on point. It's so appreciated. Robert, I thank you. Thank you for the task. And we look forward to seeing you in Paris, Bezrat Hashem.
14: We, we say on, on French, à tout à l'heure.
0: À tout à l'heure.
14: It means I'll see you later. There you go. Or I'll see you there. (laughs) Bezrat Hashem. God willing.
0: Chag Sameach, Chag Chanukah Sameach, and thank you. Chag
14: Chanukah Sameach, we should all have beautiful light like Chanukah, very strong for Hashem, and I wish uh, you and your family and the entire West Orange community Chag Urim Sameach.
0: Yes, Chag Urim Sameach, and let there be light is right, that's the... uh, the title of our event on Wednesday night, Let There Be Light, the Concert of Jewish Unity. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayesh. I want to thank all those who are traveling with us. As part of our American delegation, Robert Ben-Rimon is excited that our wonderful friend Simon Jacobs is, of course, with us. And uh, we mentioned uh, earlier that, uh, earlier in the week, a Assemblyman full Goldfeder from New York State and the uh, Gilles, <coughs> Gilles Gate of uh, Cross River Bank, they're going to be joining us in Paris for the night and of course the president of yeshiva university richard joel is heading to paris with us somebody who i said early on is someone who can represent this theme shared values uh in terms of our uh message and um i hope i'm not leaving anybody out at this point uh there may be others who are going to be joining us as well from the united states and um it is going to be a uh a, a, a wonderful way to transmit a message and make an international impression about Jewish unity. Monday and Tuesday. First of all, we start with Sunday. Sunday, Matis is on from 7 until 9 o'clock. I will join him at some point during JM Sunday in order to um, go through some of the last-minute details and scheduling so people know what's going to happen when. So Matis uh, has invited me. I'll be part of that show between seven and nine on Sunday morning on our stream at jamnam.org and of course the NSN app. Our jamnam staff will take care of the Hanukkah specials, great music specials each year, of course, on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, our programming from Paris that we're looking forward to. And, um, and, uh, it should be just uh, an amazing and successful journey. Please God. Uh, for everybody, and I thank the entire team that's going. We'll thank them, of course, from Paris. A lot of great, dedicated people who are heading out. Uh, I want to remind you, speaking of unity and solidarity, it's the great Chazen Yitzchak Health Tomorrow night, at Park East Synagogue in New York, starting at 8 p.m., and a concert presented by Park Go to parkysynagogue.org to see if there are any tickets left for this. parkysynagogue.org Time to say Good Shabbos and wish everybody a happy Chanukah. Chagurim Sameach from JM and the AM.
9: Through the trees, another week's gone by, become a memory. So throw away your hammer, there's nothing left to do. Go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you. Oh, it's time to say good job. I'm going to spend a day together with the Holy One. Say special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and His Creator, it's a very special sign.
0: My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only, <clears throat> one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Our don't listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at ninety-one point nine on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmnam.org. Naomi Nachman next with Table for Two, featuring Jay Bookspam of Royal Wines and the Cheese Guy, Brent Delman. Followed by our Ketem Arab Shabbos music mix. Saturday night Seagull with have Rummy tomorrow night featuring great music, plus Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler on the Torah portion of the week. That's tomorrow night at 9. J.M. Sunday with Matis. I'll be on at some point to discuss last minute the things before the trip. And, of course, next week, Monday and Tuesday, our J.M. and the A.M. Hanukkah music celebration before we start the Jewish Unity Initiative in Paris, France. Thanks to all of you for all the enthusiasm behind this project. Have a wonderful Chanukah, Fantastic Shabbos. Great weekend. Chag Urim Sameach. Happy Hanukkah. Chag Chanukah Sameach. We will speak to you next, please, God, on Sunday with Matis, and then through the week, and, of course, from Paris, France. Talvin Alchem-Sigol reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.